and welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks, fervorinos, and homilies from Loper Catholic and the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work at the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at Loper Catholic. Now enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self and please pray for us. God bless. Well, good morning. Uh, we celebrate today the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reminder that Ordinary Time is the time of discipleship, learning to grow uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, to understand the cost of discipleship, to see the call of discipleship, and respond uh, with a completeness in our own heart and life uh, to go all in following Jesus Christ. And so today, um, we also recall that um, we've been led on this beautiful journey through the Gospel of Matthew, starting the beginning of the semester with Matthew 14, uh, all the way up to today where we begin and we dive into chapter 20 of the Gospel of Matthew. And it's this beautiful unveiling of God's uh, divine plan for all of us, for all of creation, the movement of the Father, Son, and Spirit before time began to bring all things into being out of nothing, to create us good and to draw us to himself. Um, so he created us and put us in motion, loved us in the garden, but sin disrupted that harmony, and that unity, and that original sin put the three concupiscences in our hearts, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And we have struggled uh, taking the plow into our hands to feed ourselves since. Um, and God saw us in our misery and sent his son Jesus Christ to rescue us, redeem us, and bring us home. And today, we dive more deeply uh, into the reality of God's own desire, mercy, and relentless pursuit of our hearts, that he desires to bring us back to himself. Jesus Christ was given to us because God so loved the world that he sent his only son to take on our flesh, the corruption of ourselves in all things but sin, so that you and I can be freed from that sin and death. And today, this gospel, this parable, helps to unlock a little bit of understanding the depths of God's love for you and I, our worth and our value and our dignity that he came uh, to bring us home. So we'll start unpacking the gospel and then, and then unpack, hopefully, that, that twist that you feel in your heart is the eye of God's desire for you today uh, as we unpack today's gospel. As Jesus does often in the Gospels, he, he unlocks the mystery of his own heart and the heart of the Father through parable, through story. The Gospel of Matthew, you notice a theme. Matthew is a tax collector. He's economically minded. So every time he talks about all these parables that stuck with him are economic. The last couple, you notice he talks about money and that value. That, that's what makes sense to him. We come from a business world, when you talk about it in that terms, it makes a lot of sense. If you're not business-minded, it's like, eh, it doesn't make any, it doesn't help necessarily. But again, this idea of, uh, of money and what's owed. So just try to put yourself in this with just a little imagination, all right? So in this time period, often people would, would go to the marketplace. They didn't have consistent employee. They weren't working for a company 
for long periods of time. They would just go to the marketplace unless they owned their own land, and they would just wait to be hired for the day, and then the next day they would go out and they might do a different job. And it was all to put money on the table or so that they could put food on the table, not money, uh, so their family could eat. And so this is the scene. And so the landowner comes, and he has a vineyard, and he needs people to pick the grapes. He needs people to pick grapes. They pick grapes all day long. And this, isn't, this is like in the middle of this. This is hot. It's hot out. So they're coming into this. It's summertime. It's harvest time. And this is what's happening. So 6 a.m., he goes out to the vineyard. That's hour number one in the Hebrew clock. Hour one is six o'clock, and then you just add. So nine o'clock is the third hour, noon is the sixth, three o'clock is the ninth hour, that's when Jesus died, and the twelfth hour is six p.m. So it's a 12-hour day, 6, p- 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So the first people are hired at 6 a.m. They go out into the, their promised a day's wage, go out, and they start picking grapes. And you can imagine 12-hour shift, that's what they're looking at. And the nine, nine o'clock, you know, uh, a nine-hour shift, etc. down the line. And each one, the, the landowner promises them a day's wage. Fine. The last ones, 5 p.m., comes along. He hires them and he promises them a day's wage. They go out, they work for one hour. Those that came at 6 worked 12 hours. The others, one hour. So then he starts to pay them, starting with the last, those that started first. He gives them a full day's wage, a complete day's wage, whatever it was, you know. Minimum wage, ten fifty an hour in Nebraska. That's what, I don't know, 120 bucks, 125 bucks. That's what you get. Sweet. They got for an hour, 125 I got paid 125 bless you, $125 an hour. I'm going to make like a grand for this day's work. You can imagine those that started at 6 a.m. This is awesome. They get the same check as the other ones. Are you kidding me? They got everything. We did all the work. They come along at the end when it's nice and cool out at 5 p.m., pick a few grapes, have some conversation, and they get paid the same. Not fair. This is the reality they're looking at and they're staring at. Just put yourself in that situation. You start at 6 a.m. What goes on in your heart? What goes on in your heart? The answer is at the end. Where the landowner says, he, he gets right into it. He goes right at the heart of it. Are you envious because I'm generous? A more accurate translation, is your eye evil because I'm good? Do you look with the eye of evil at me in response to my own goodness? That's the heart. Jesus, in this parable, goes right at the very heart and core of sin and what it is. He goes right at the heart of Satan himself. It's the exact reason that Satan fell from heaven. It's the exact reason he came after humanity. And it's the exact thing that was planted in you and I. That eye of envy. Envy is the root of all and cause of all sin, not pride. Pride holds us in envy. It's not pride. 
Pride in some ways is the mother's sin, but envy is the cause. Envy is the cause. It's not just as simple as like, I wish I had what my neighbor had. No. Envy carries with it the sin of murder. If I have envy, I want to take that person out. I want to kill them. Envy creates in us such a depth of hatred towards another person and anger towards another person that I not only want to take what they have, I want to take their life. That's the heart of sin. It's really the reason why we sin. I'm so envious of the other person that I start to hate myself because I don't have what they have. And I start doing self-harm in so many different ways. I start tearing at my own flesh, tearing at my own soul. I can't be as good as that person, and I don't want to go to jail for murder, so I'm going to tear myself apart. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not desired. I'm not wanted. So I'm going to go abuse myself in these ways, whatever that is for you. It all starts right there. And Jesus, through this parable, goes, he digs right into it. If you feel uncomfortable, hopefully you do. I did when I read it. Because it digs right at the heart. And it starts just ripping things open inside if you really pray about it and think about it. But that's the love that God has for us. He doesn't have time to mess around. You're worth too much. He goes right at it. And he doesn't just point it out, are you envious because I'm generous? Just to make you bleed. (laughs) Ha ha, see, look, I found it. No, no. He goes right into it to heal that wound of concupiscence. To heal that wound that envy tries to like fill in. To breathe the, bring the healing balm of his precious blood right there. To heal us at our core and free us from the grip that that sin has on us. And the desire of God is to bring his goodness into your life. Not on the surface to make you feel good on the outside. But to go right to the heart of things. To redeem and rescue the goodness that you already are. That you were created to be. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave. God was perfectly content in himself. He didn't need all this. Yet he desired it. Our 
wound, our heart has been pierced by the weapon of sin, of envy and pride, jealousy. But Jesus desires to heal that, to breathe new life into that wound. His desire for your heart is more than I can. I, I could stand here and talk all day and never even touch on the depth of his desire for you. I don't feel it every day, Father. I don't feel that love. I don't feel that desire. It's because it goes beyond feeling. It goes right into the core of our very being itself. <clears throat> it takes <clears throat> it takes a realization and an honesty and a transparency and a vulnerability in prayer to first of all see how wounded our heart really is. And when we see that, we can actually start seeing God standing right there like a doctor looking over us. We're bleeding out on the operating table. That He's come to heal, to rescue, to restore, to allow us to be more fully alive. The passion and desire that God has for you transcends human love. Anything you've ever experienced in your life. The witness of the saints show us this over and over and over. Padre Pio, we celebrated yesterday gazed at the cross of Jesus Christ and saw in his eyes on that cross the desire and fire of God's love for all of humanity, but especially for himself in a personal way. <clears throat> and Padre Pio started to bleed with the wounds of Jesus Christ. He carried the stigmata for 50 years in his life. The wounds of the cross pierced his body and his soul. It wasn't because he was holier than us. He just happened to notice in a deeper way God's love for him. Every soul in this room is pierced with the stigmata. God's love has already pierced your soul. He's given us the sacraments to, to feed that. The spiritual life's all about noticing it. Noticing God's love for you and how much you're worth and how hard He's fighting for you. Every second of every day, never taking a second off, relentlessly pursuing your heart. the radicalness of God's love for you. This is hard to hear, I know. Everybody's head's drooping because I know 
to have somebody tell you how much they love you and how much they desire you, it pierces the heart. It's painful. Let it out. Go there. Let your soul be pierced. There's nothing more important in your life right now. You can let your head droop. I don't... I wasn't trying to distract you. The point is, let your heart be pierced. God's love is relentless for humanity. The radicalness, the hospitality of his own heart is inviting us to dwell there today. Let the wound of your heart speak to the wound of his. Rest in his love.